and welcome back to Music Free Static. I hope you're having a fabulous day. And today I want to talk about my favorite Star Wars character, Ahsoka Tano. I love Ahsoka. Her, her story through the Clone Wars, into Rebels, even her brief appearances in The Mandalorian. I love this character. She is such an amazing character. And I'm really excited for the uh, Ahsoka series, which is coming out. In fact, the first two episodes should be out today as this episode launches. So that is, I, I'm all excited. I, I Seriously, I am very excited. And we'll talk a little bit about what I'm looking forward to in the show. But let's start talking about why I love the character of Ahsoka Tano. So, to start, again, if you've never really seen Ahsoka, maybe outside of The Mandalorian, or you just want to know what is all the fuss about. So, Ahsoka, as a character, started in the Clone Wars, okay? the There was a... They went for seven seasons, but the last two seasons sort of were tacked on... That sounds really... really insulting, but they were added later. The first five-season run started with a movie which uh, saw Anakin and Obi-Wan fighting in the Clone War. And this little teenage annoying kid, Ahsoka, shows up, says, I'm here as a Padawan to be assigned to Anakin. The idea is that the uh, Jedi Council knows that Anakin's got a problem with attachments, and so what he's what they're doing is giving him an, an apprentice to help him learn to let go. Okay. Obviously, we know this doesn't work out well for Anakin in the long run, but it was a good idea. So Ahsoka shows up. And she is this sort of smart Alex, sassy, um, cocky <laughs> kid um, who is, takes, you know, just sort of little snipes at everybody. In fact, she ends up getting the nickname Snips because she's snippy. All right. And, you know, she's there. Anakin becomes Sky Guy to her, you know, all this fun stuff, right? Just She's just a kid. But we see her grow, and she grows from that cocky, a really annoying kid to be, right? When when the Clone Wars first came out, Ahsoka was hated. Nobody liked Ahsoka. It was, it's like, why would you put Ahsoka in here? Now, George Lucas did it because he wanted a, a, a female Jedi to inspire his daughter, but... <laughs> But still, that was the idea. Everyone was annoyed by this character because she is annoying. But it's through her eyes that we see a lot of the issues that the Jedi Order has that lead to Anakin's fall. I'm not going to completely blame the Jedi Order for Anakin's choices in life, but we see that. Now, we also see Ahsoka grow. 
we see her fail, right? We see her, how her cockiness and uh, that, that youthful, oh, I know better than you, we see how that fails her, right? Sometimes she succeeds. Sometimes it's like, oh, yes, she does something really super daring and it works. Other times she does something super daring and it gets a lot of people killed. And we see those, um, we see those failures and we see her grow. And in, after a couple of seasons, and you can really see it, she gets costume change. She actually ends up using a second lightsaber and she becomes still young. Uh, obviously, you don't go from being young to old overnight, right? But she grows into this amazing young woman. She is smart, she is caring, she's inventive, and she's firm in her convictions. She still has a lot to learn uh, just about the world in general. But we see that growth, and by the time we hit episode or season five, she is a a young woman who is the epitome of what a Jedi should be. Okay. Which then leads to her actually walking away from the Jedi Order. Right. And this is it is it's so it was so touching, right? She ends up so let me back up here just a moment. The the Jedi are the defenders of peace in the galaxy, right? They're sort of like an, an interstellar police force. But more than that, it's not like they are, we're going to provide security and stuff to, for everybody. It's they go where something that is happening that's beyond the, the local authority's ability to deal with. They're negotiators, they're arbiters, and yes, sometimes they have to rage a uh, righteous battle, but it's all in the defense of peace and justice and all that good stuff, right? Well, that the manipulation that of the Jedi Order through the Clone War, which was what um, which was part of the goal of Senator Palpatine, right? The the emperor of the original trilogy was to he he makes the he turns the Jedi into generals. He forces them to fight a war rather than being these defenders, and that starts to corrupt the order. And I think the order was having issues before then, but it corrupts the order. They stop being the defenders of peace and justice and become soldiers. And I'm not saying soldiers are bad, and I'm not saying that soldiers can't defend peace and justice, because, of course, that's also a thing that soldiers can do. But it be what you end up seeing is that the order become really becomes prideful in a lot of ways, and inflexible in others, and as an institution becomes corrupted, even though certain Jedi like Obi-Wan Kenobi, are um, still the epitome of, this is kind of what the Jedi Order does. He's still a general. He's still f leading soldiers in war. 
Yoda is still a kind, caring little green guy. But, you know, even he realizes that, yeah, we, we screwed up. And that shows up a lot in season six. Well, Ahsoka, we start to see this. And by the time we hit the end of season five, and Ahsoka is framed for, she's framed for a crime she didn't commit. She uh, Somebody is committing bombings th- on Coruscant. And Ahsoka is getting the blame. Well, throughout the couple of episodes, Ahsoka teams up with um, a bunch of of people, but a bunch of people that uh, maybe the Jedi Order is not pleased with. Right? This is your typical political thriller where the people you trust, you can't, and you end up having to trust and are being able to trust people you shouldn't be able to. Right? And Ahsoka eventually clears her name. But she realizes that based off of how the order treated her was sort of this guilty until proven innocent type mentality. And she was, she realizes that the order is, has, has failed, has fallen and she cannot be a member of it anymore. And so they, even the, the order, they admit they were wrong. It says, oh, this was your trial. We will now fully raise you to the, to a, being a Jedi Knight. And she says, nope, I can't be part of this anymore. And she leaves because she is a person who is firm in her convictions, even when confronting her friends. And this is a powerful example to anybody. Now, you don't have to necessarily agree with everything Ahsoka does or says or is or whatever. But the idea of standing up for what you know is right, even in the face of your friends, okay, it's one thing to stay, to stand up for what's right against your enemies, those who are actively opposed to what you agree with. But those who should support your convictions and don't, to stand up to those types of people for what is right is very hard, right? You go back to like Harry Potter where um, Neville is celebrated by Dumbledore for standing up to his friends for what he knows is right. Okay. So it's, it's this sort of level of conviction of these are the right things to do. And I'm not going to let the order or anyone else stand in my way of doing something that is right, helping people that need to be helped. And that is an amazing, um, that's an amazing trait. So when she leaves the order, the fandom was shocked. And what happens to Ahsoka? What, what now? And season six comes and you don't see Ahsoka at all. Which, you know, it's a little disappointing for me because Ahsoka is my favorite character. But you come into season seven and the first four episodes of season seven, they're all on Disney Plus. Definitely recommend watching the whole season. But the first first four episodes set up the Bad Batch and they're great episodes. I mean, they're definitely excellent episodes of the Clone Wars. But the last eight are... 
Ahsoka dealing with her life outside of the Jedi Order. The first four uh, episodes are a storyline of Ahsoka has left the Order. She ends up on level 1313, which in Star Wars canon is notorious for being a <laughs> wretched hive of scum and villainy, right? It's it's the slums. It's the ghettos. It's where crime runs rampant and the the there there really isn't a form of uh police force or anything to even provide some form of security. And she meets these two two women who their family was killed when Jedi were trying to stop a uh, runaway criminal end up basically it's one of those cases of to save a, a busload of people something like that they the Jedi pushes a, a ship or something into a wall but that wall was the uh, was the garage right the, they have a their mechanics and it hits the garage and it blows up and killed their parents. And all the Jedi does is the force will provide and may the force be with you and leaves. So obviously they're a little bitter about Jedi. So Ahsoka runs into these two and they have an adventure and it's great, but it, it helps Ahsoka realize that yeah, she can help people even though she's not part of the order anymore. So when at the end of the episode, Bo-Katan Kreese shows up and says, and tells Ahsoka, we are, we need to retake Mandalore. Darth Maul has been the ruler of Mandalore for a little while. It's time to overthrow him. We need your help. So, Ahsoka signs up. And that starts a four-episode arc, which is one of the best stories in all of Star Wars. It, and it sort of happens in two parts. Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, they go ask the Republic for help. Anakin is, of course, very happy to help her, uh, he returns her her lightsabers that he had, that she had left behind when she left the order. He you know he leaves a detachment of the five hundred first these clone troopers with her to help. And they and she goes off to Mandalore. Now what's in, what's fun is the timing here. The reason that he left the troops with her rather than leading the uh, the the 501st himself is that he and Obi-Wan are being called back to Coruscant to rescue the Chancellor who's been captured by uh, by the Separatists. Right? That's the fight at the beginning of the movie. General Grievous has Palpatine. And so starting Revenge of the Sith, here's Anakin and Obi-Wan rushing to save the Chancellor. This is what they were rushing from to get there. And you see those those some of those story points dropped in 
Anakin's here. Obi-Wan has gone here. I think there's, you know, you hear Obi-Wan talking to, uh, to Ahsoka. I think Yoda's talking to Ahsoka. It's like, she's worried about Anakin. Um, Obi-Wan's worried about Anakin. Please contact him. I think he's, he needs your, your help. And she never is able, she never does. She never can because of events that happen that prevent her from doing so. There's always the, there's the hints. And I'm not entirely sure it's wrong that if Ahsoka had actually been able to have that conversation with Anakin, he might not have fallen. But we don't know. And of course, Anakin does fall and becomes Darth Vader. But throughout this this last episode, we see we see Ahsoka at her best, helping those that need help, using the skills that she has gained over years of war. She ends up fighting and capturing Darth Maul. And that lightsaber fight with Darth Maul and Ahsoka Tano is one of the best lightsaber fights I have ever seen. It is so freaking good. It was fun. They actually got Ray Park, who played Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, to do mocap for for Maul for that fight. So he moves just like he does in The Phantom Menace. It is so, so cool. But that ends the, the second episode. And now they're Episode three, they're returning to Coruscant with a captured Maul. And they're talking about, she's talking to Rex. And, you know, Ahsoka's hoping that the war is going to be over. Rex is talking about sort of the conflict that the clones have with the war. Because without the war, they wouldn't exist. But they they also want the war to end. So, you know, it, it's a it's a really moving conversation between the two of them. And she basically grew up with Rex. He was almost like a second father or maybe a grumpy uncle. <laughs> right. And she's sitting there on a ship with Maul and just the clones and clones who were so excited to have her back. They painted their helmets to match her, the coloring she has on her face, the orange, the white, markings and all that stuff it is it's a really touching moment and then order 66 comes through and all of her friends are now her enemies and she's having to fight not only former friends but former friends she's who are wearing her face because they they have her face still painted on their helmets you see her refusal to abandon rex who was a, a close friend and rescue him find the uh, the chip that had been implanted in the, the clones to control them this is what triggers order 66 and then the two of them escape and Maul as well but that refusal to abandon her friends that insistence that this is this is what's right i'm going to help even if it's going to be make things harder for her she's still going to help right and it 
this is a character trait you see grow from the annoying little brat that shows up in the Clone Wars movie to the young woman who is sort of lost when she leaves the Order because that's all she's known. And then growing, even in, through those, those last eight episodes of the Clone Wars, growing into a almost the epitome of what the Jedi should be. Not rigid and unyielding, but caring and smart, firm in, your, in convictions, but not um, harsh, right? So this is, it's one of those weird balances that a person needs to strike between justice and mercy and um, caring for others and helping others, sometimes even when it's hard for yourself. So I'm really excited to see her, her growth, right? You see, she shows up again in Rebels, and I've been going through a, a Rebels rewatch, so it's been fun to see her show up and guide Kanan and Ezra and see her face off against Vader. Um, and she was holding her own against Vader. You know, <laughs> it's, there's a fun scene. You know, she's, she fights Vader, Vader and she's, I will get revenge for all of the Jedi you killed. <laughs> Vader's revenge is not the Jedi way. And she's like, I am no Jedi. And, she, and and it's on, right? And she's she's holding her own against Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, her master, the one who trained her. Well, she gets she gets rescued because ultimately Vader can't die because he shows up, but she ends up getting rescued. She gets rescued by Ezra through the world between worlds, which is sort of a cosmic time weirdness thing serious you got to watch the episode to even to understand it I, I for me to try to explain it now would be just be hard it's hard for me to explain hard for you to understand so go watch the episodes it'll be great but throughout rebels you see her she's she is now the wise jedi it's what 15 years later and she has grown in wisdom and understanding. She's still, she's still confident. She's still inventive. She's still firm in her convictions as a Jedi in all but name. She's, she provides that, that rock that Kanan and Ezra needs at times during Rebels. And it was great to see her show up again in The Mandalorian, right? Because you've got... You've got uh, Din Djarin who's trying to find somebody who can train Grogu. As Grogu is uh, learning his force powers. All right, that's his, his quest is to find Grogu's family. Or his own people at any rate. And while we never see the planet of Yoda-like creatures, we do see Jedi. Namely Ahsoka. Because of Grogu's attachment to Din, she won't train him. And instead, um, 
sends them on the next step of their quest to call to put out a call basically <laughs> and hit the Jedi social medias right and let's see who shows up well the empire shows up but eventually Luke Skywalker shows up there's a there's a fun fight and Grogu goes with Luke for training but you see Ahsoka is on her, a quest of her own. She's trying to find Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn, who disappeared with Ezra at the end of Rebels. So they get sort of hyperspaced off to who knows where by the, by the Purgles, the space whales that we actually get to see briefly even in The Mandalorian. And she's, you see, we see Ahsoka again, um, Visiting Luke as he's setting up his new Jedi's training temple. Um, he's training Grogu. Yeah, some fun stuff. And you see that her caring side, again, as she's talking to Gro to Din and why he needs to let Grogu train on his own because of that growing attachment. After all, Din is the closest thing to a father Grogu's had for 50 years or something like that. So, well, or at least uh, since the fall of the Jedi Temple, so 20 years maybe. And she's definitely still on her on, on her quest to do what's right. So now we've, we've come up to the Ahsoka TV show. And I'm not going to try to predict plot points, okay? We do know Thrawn is in it. We know a lot of the Rebels crew is in it. And what I want to see from Rebels, or from Rebels, it's Rebels 2.0. Now, what I want to see from Ahsoka's show is I want to see her growth. One of my concerns about the character that we see in The Mandalorian is she's very somber. And we see some of that in Rebels. She is, she is serious. She's lost, lost some of her youthful exuberance. But I want to see that she still has some of that joy for life that she had when she was younger. Right? I don't want to, to totally see her as the sad, depressed Jedi. We've kind of gotten that story. We, we see it with Obi-Wan um, a couple of times. We kind of see it with Yoda, for that matter. And I want to see somebody who can remember the joy of life. Now, I'm not going to claim that she's not going to have challenges. Of course she is, <laughs> right? Uh, but I want to see that. But I want to see her continue to grow. I want to see her, all of those things that made her so much fun throughout the Clone Wars and Rebels, that smart, caring, inventive, uh, but fun and joyful. And I want to see all of that. And I'm hoping we do. And, you know, as this comes out, you may have already seen the episode. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, I haven't seen it yet. It's the show's not out yet. As I record this, it's not out yet. So I'm excited for it. And 
as I said, I I've loved Ahsoka as a character um, ever since I've watched the Clone Wars, and I highly recommend. Okay, maybe uh, I recommend watching all of the Clone Wars, you know, because it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling ever happens through the Clone Wars and Rebels. But I'm sure Disney Plus has a here. Here are the, the Ahsoka episodes you should catch up on. Okay. Or somebody somewhere, Star Wars Newsnet or even StarWars.com pro- probably has a a list of here are the Ahsoka high points to get you into the show. You probably aren't going to necessarily need them, but if you've never seen her in those in that phase of her life in the Clone Wars and Rebels, definitely go look up a few of those things and just see who she is. If nothing else, watch those last four episodes of the Clone Wars. You can watch the last eight if you want, but the last four especially, aside from being amazing Star Wars, is really sets up Ahsoka for where she is when you start seeing her in Rebels and then in The Mandalorian. So, so I think that is it. I love the character of Ahsoka Tano. I hope you get to love her too. And we're going to have some fun watching the, the series as it goes over the next few weeks. So I'm sure I will be talking about Ahsoka a lot. <laughs> but until then, and until next time, be excellent to each other. May the force be with you. And this is Music Free Static signing off.